welcome to Paris on Pitches podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Sam. So this is a new segment for uh, this episode. We thought that we'd try out a little something for the beginning. So before we go into the main part this week, uh, Sam, we don't really have a name for this episode. It is essentially, what have you been watching? What (laughs) else have you been uh, spending your time watching whilst your little baba keeps you awake uh, now this 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 I, I should say beforehand this part is essentially an opportunity for the host to talk about briefly things that they've been watching that's not necessarily film because we watch a lot of tv and stuff as well but we also might want to bring something to your attention that could be quite obscure so take it away sam not an not an obscure one for me this week this is probably one that a lot of people are watching but i thought i'd highlight it um i'm watching a vigil on um uh on bbc um i think it's a six part drama um uh, uh about the uh the mysterious death of um a um a sailor on board a tri- the trident nuclear submarine um and it's um it is it feels like one of those classics classic sort of uh uh police investigation drama um but let's put it on a submarine and see how that plays out um and and the different things that you can do with it and i'm really enjoying it so far and it's one of those um it's one of those where it's really nice to watch together with someone else and to try and unpick um because they're they're throwing red herrings everywhere every character that you look at seems to have some kind of something suspicious about them and there's you know there's uh, intrigue within intrigue um and um, a really good, really good cast. Um, uh, Saran Jones plays the main, the main character. Um, uh, Rose Leslie from um, Game of Thrones is in there. Um, uh, uh, Martin Compston, um, and uh, and also uh, my f- uh, my favourite uh, character. Uh, well, just for the fact of what he's been in previously, um, Patterson Joseph, who plays the um, the commander of the submarine, um, who was um, the character of Johnson in Peep Show completely different characters and it's through it's throwing throwing me now whenever he's on screen being all straight laced anyway <laughs> that was amazing that's what, that's what i'm watching i'm 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 in one of you know when you like watch stuff on streaming services and you can binge it and then you watch something on terrestrial tv and i'm like oh i've got to like wait an entire <laughs> week for a new episode oh <laughs> but I, I love it i like that i like it when you go back to that and you actually it's sort of like appointment tv like nine o'clock Sunday night I'm gonna be ready for it absolutely and I think that you get a lot more buzz as well because everybody on Twitter and Facebook they're all talking about the same stuff at the same time because mm. everybody has to tune in at the same time whereas if you binge it on um Netflix or what have you you don't get that buzz around it you don't get that mm. conversation around it you actually have to go into these you know things called forums I don't know if people still use those yeah. Um, where you have to go and chat with other people. Um, thankfully, you don't have to do it face to face because let's face it, uh, uh, it's too much effort. Too much effort. Awesome. And uh, one more time, when can you catch that? Uh, nine o'clock BBC on a Sunday night. Sweet. Which means it will probably be on iPlayer if it isn't already. I would imagine when it's over, it'll be on iPlayer. Um, and for myself, I have just started watching literally yesterday, I think. No, no, no. Today, this morning, um, I started watching something called The Strain on Disney+. Plus. Now, I saw this a little while back and I ignored it because I thought, oh, it's another one of these um, boring, you know, pandemic kind of things. It's actually four seasons. Um, and it, uh, damn, it's good, man. It's the what drew me to it the second time around, second time around being like four years later, what's drawn me to it is that I didn't realize that the strain on Disney plus is created by Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro and Chuck, oh. and Chuck Hogan. And I was like, Ooh, and then I read it and I was like, eh, maybe not. There's like the strain is a high concept thriller that tells the story of Dr. Ephraim Goodweather, the head of the CDC canary team in New York city. He and his team are called upon to investigate a viral outbreak with hallmarks of an ancient and evil strain of vampirism. As the strain spreads, F and his team wage war for the fate of humanity itself. And again, I'm not big into vampire stuff, but then I remembered, hold on, Guillermo del Toro did Blade 2, and that was freaking awesome. And I am happy to say that I am six episodes in and flipping loving it. So if, like me, you had reservations about this because it was either, you know, a boring pandemic thing 
or it was another boring vampire thing like Twilight. No, 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 no. Go and catch it on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's got four seasons so far. I'm on episode six of season one, and I'm definitely going to be watching the whole of this thing. It's brilliant. Awesome. Sounds good. Right, and now to the main event. And what we do each and every episode is we take something from a popular streaming platform like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, YouTube, and we uh, all watch it. And then we come in here and we discuss what we thought about it and essentially whether you should invest your time watching it or not, as the case can often be. Uh, Sam, what are we watching this episode? So we are going to be taking a look at uh, Unleashed a movie from 2005. So we're going back into the archives with this one, uh, starring uh, Jet Li, um, written by uh, Luc Besson. And uh, the uh, synopsis on IMDb reads, a man enslaved by the mob since childhood and raised into behaving like a human attack dog escapes his captors and and attempts to start a new life. So let me work this through one more time. I don't pay you. You take his collar off. Correct, Amondo. You take his collar off, he beats us all to death. So it's in my best interest to keep that collar on. When you finish with the master, kill the dog. Who's there? What's your name? All right, Mr. No Name. My name is Sam. Hi. He's cute. I've been meaning to ask you. You're all right with that thing around your neck? Put it up, babe. You basically turned a man into a dog. How did you do that? Like my saint of a mum used to say, get him young and the possibilities are endless. My name is Danny. You ever have ice cream before? No. Oh, um, no, just, just working around. Oh, my God. Everything is new about you now. Your clothes, your hair, your whole life. I really do need to know where to find him. I think it's time to put the last thing away. Wait, will you just listen? No time. Look who's come home to his loving uncle. To the death. I don't want to hurt people anymore. I fed you, I trained you. I decide when there's no more killing. No, he's gonna kill it! You're my dog. So this is starring Jet Lee, Bob Hoskins, Morgan Freeman, and Kerry Condon uh, as the, kind of the four top. And this is it's a very it's a very small uh, affair. There aren't a lot of uh, lead characters or actors in this one. Um, so do you have any prior with this film at all? Did you watch it when it first came out? What were your first impressions? Do you know what I did? It was um, one of. Um fairly early on in my relationship to my well my uh, my girlfriend at the time now my wife um we were we were staying in london um with uh, with some of my family and um went to go out for the evening and do something so um uh, i i'd seen the trailer for this and i thought it looks interesting i think i managed to twist her arm and say hey come on it, you know and we didn't have anything better to do um and i think it was a certainly a surprise um was expecting uh, a typical, I say, a typical martial arts, typical Jet Li movie, um, and got something a little bit different, I think. Um, so it's one that I've been familiar with, well, since it's released in cinema. 
Yeah, I um, I didn't catch this at the cinema. I was at uni, so it must have been like 2006, and uh, a guy who we refer to as Cornish Tom, because, uh, you know, his name was Tom and he's from Cornwall, because we're really freaking original <laughs> when we're at uni. Um, a guy called Cornish Tom handed me this uh, DVD, because he was like, you're into martial arts, have a check out this. And I was like, oh, and okay. Morgan Freeman, oh, sweet, he's an excellent actor. Bob Hoskins, amazing. And Jet Li, and I was like, what a weird trio of actors to be in a movie together. Obviously, these days, it's not actually that weird, because Morgan Freeman will pop up in practically anything. Uh, which is weird considering how big an actor he is. But anyway, um, I watched it, yeah, probably about 2006 on DVD. And I remember being absolutely blown away by this film. At least that was my first impression, nigh on 15. Yeah, crikey, 15 years ago. Uh, mm. This is an old, old film by today's standards. And I think, do you think do you think part of the challenge is that I was looking at this and of course when you're scanning through IMDb it gives you kind of like you know other films similar to this and it kind of is just the Jet Li back catalogue and I don't say that I, maybe that sounds like I'm being a bit derogatory there but obviously a lot of the films that Jet Li has done are your kind of your your typical martial arts movie he 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 fits into that kind of that same you know genre as as you know what you'd expect kind of maybe a bruce lee or someone like that i mean i'm sure i'd get challenged on whether you'd put them in the same class i don't have the kind of the probably the pedigree with that genre to be able to say that but i've always enjoyed his films um i in in the in the way that you know i could stick a a, a martial arts one of his martial arts movies on and know that i'm going to get some physical pyrotechnics and some you know some crazy you know switch off your brain fight scenes and things like that the plot is going to be you know paper thin the characters are going to be two-dimensional but it doesn't matter i'm thinking of films like the one um (laughs) with jason statham that's back before hollywood knew what to do with jason statham they didn't really have any kind of an idea yeah and and but then again i i saying that he's done things like um uh um i'm gonna lose my uh, there's a particular film that's uh, spring to mind that things like fearless mm. and um uh a hero as well which um are obviously maybe a more more kind of uh, sort of artistic historical um i don't know whether um people would kind of shy away from this movie uh, because they would see jet lee and think it's going to be one thing and, yeah, and I I would say Jet Li's performance in this is is one of the standout things. I for me. yeah I um I think that Jet Li kind of goes in that box along with the likes of uh, Donnie Yen and Jackie Chan and uh, and less so Bruce Lee, but it's like they're really good at what they do overseas. But when they go to Hollywood, Hollywood pigeonholes them and just wants them to churn out all these martial arts flicks that. You know, unless you've got a director or a writer that's particularly enamoured with the genre, it's straight to DVD stuff. I mean, thankfully, this came out 15 or so years ago when I don't think it was too much of a thing. But you look at it 15 years later and the back catalogue of Hollywood martial arts films starring these types of individuals is is very mixed in quality which is a real shame um mm. but hollywood mistreating its asian stars is a, has there's a long history of it and i think that this like you said is certainly one of those that's that's above most of what's out there and yeah i was pleasantly surprised back then and i was surprised maybe, but for really different reasons that i'll get into in a minute um the, or maybe this time part around, of- just responded to what you said there about Hollywood. Maybe part of the thing here is there is a obviously a French writer. I'm assuming that uh, Louis uh, Leterrier, if I'm going to pronounce that correctly, I'm assuming that he is uh, French as well. I could be wrong. Uh, there you go. And yet, born in Paris, France, that probably makes him French. Um, who has a very interesting back catalogue of movies as well. That he he directed. Um, Now you see me. Oh no uh, way! And, and the Incredible Hulk, and the Transporter, and the Transporter Two. Um, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. So no surprises. Yeah. But to be fair, um, I, from the fact that this is coming from kind of a European background, maybe you know there isn't so much of a 
a let's force this person into this cookie cutter mold that we expect our kind of you know an asian martial arts expert actor to um to fit into and actually you know let's give him the opportunity to play a character um that is uh you know three-dimensional and i think and i know uh damien you you obviously mentioned you had something else to say about uh, that kind of stuck out to you certainly for me um it it was jet lee's performance and i think you know obviously they gave him the opportunity to have that that performance i think the way that he unpacks this character danny the dog who has been um you know psychologically abused to the point where he will you know attack on command um but has this kind of vulnerability this naivety if that's the right word um and and we see him gradually begin to make his own decisions and and kind of understand his world and and his past as the film goes on and i think that's a tough thing to to act out and i found it incredibly convincing incredibly um i don't know moving at points um when you, and when you consider this is a film about you know a guy that you know beats people to a pulp with with his fists who's called danny the dog i think that's pretty impressive personally i agree um i think however being 15 years older i saw this movie in a completely different light so the first time around i from what i remember watching it all those years ago i was absolutely astounded by the action and i still am i think the action that's in there is phenomenal um i've got it on in the background and i'm watching the opening fight right now which is literally starts 30 seconds into the overall film i mean it it starts with a bang i am concerned having watched it again recently that the first fight is the best one <laughs> <laughs> it has it has one of those issues that Blade has um, back in what was that two thousand and no it was night was that nineteen ninety nine the original Blade it's a little bit later than that was it ninety four it might have oh, been earlier four yeah but, I mean the original Blade same thing the best fight is the first fight in the nightclub and I'm and I think that this kind of runs the same yeah. lines and, and also oh sorry. I was just going to say I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you and i think where where i would agree with you is i think the fights in this movie that feel like they are actual street fights are the ones that are the best the fights that um come up in the story whereby he's in a you know a, a dungeon in a some kind of fight club for the rich and the famous to you know get their kicks that stuff that didn't play up because i i know it's that you've got to suspend belief disbelief to a quite quite a level to assume that someone could control someone and turn them into like their you know attack dog so that's fair enough but there comes a point when i'm like oh i don't know this feels it watching it back now though i will agree that those scenes felt a lot more staged than when yes. i first saw them and i and i understand that and let's bring the audience up to speed between the beginning and the incidents in the dungeon type area that we're talking about, the underground fight club, Danny meets Morgan Freeman's character. Um, and uh, yeah, he meets Sam and Victoria, played by Morgan Freeman and Kerry Condone, after he believes that his boss, Bob Hoskins, has been gunned down. And they kind of start to domesticate him, for lack of a better term, given that we're going to stay on this dog analogy. And he doesn't want to hurt people anymore. So when he gets the underground fight club, when you find out that uh, Bart, Bob Hoskins' character, is still very much alive, um, he, he refuses to hurt and kill people. So I get that the dynamic in the fight was different, and they were trying to show off how he can still fight but not hurt people, which in itself is you know problematic. But it felt really muted in terms of an action sequence is that I felt mm. that they could have done more, especially when they start throwing weapons in the ring. Don't get me wrong, still really, really good. And I think in any other martial arts movie could very easily have been the top martial arts scene. But the problem is it's contrasted with that beginning one. Mm. And that beginning one was really, really good. And it's a bit like at the very end the 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 final the, the sort of the showdown um is just a bit of a mishmash of different fights you've got kind of the the gang you know and it, and it kind of evokes maybe some of the start of the film where he's basically just 
plowing through you know goons um who you know who are you know just just basically can't stand up to him um and then he has the face off with i think the character is called the stranger um who is this uh, sort of a uh, um, enigmatic martial arts you're about the guy in the white suit yeah, the guy in the white suit. Uh, he no, his, no he has person. he has an actual character name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, Mike Lambert, I think, is yeah. the stranger. Yeah, no, I apologize. I was looking at someone else. Yeah, the stranger. Is that yeah. and, and actually watching it back again, I part of me was like, you could have just had the stranger. Um, you could have had one or you could have had one or the other. In fact, it probably would have been more impactful if you went to the okay, so here's someone that really truly could could face off against him and there were parts of that that um remind although i say reminded me they might have come out similar sort of times reminded me of um the born films mm. the martial arts in there kind of the the up close and personal in sort of these domestic environments and, you see yeah. i think i think this is what elevates this film a little bit above other martial arts films so when he's fighting the stranger it's very obvious and very clear almost immediately that the stranger's ability is in his kicking i mean he kicks and he kicks and he kicks and you know jet lee is not the biggest of individuals and he's able to keep danny jet lee's character at range and he's able to almost um kind of like smash him to bits using the strength of his kicks so what danny does very cleverly and this is why i think it's it's actually got a bit more depth to it than your regular kind of like smash him up film is that he is able to get the stranger into the toilet cubicle of a lady's bathroom how they get there watch the film it's convoluted um and so the stranger has no choice but to rely on his upper body techniques his punches and his striking um, which, as we know, is probably not his strength. So Danny uses that to his advantage and is able to beat the stranger that way. I th- again, I think it's these little touches um, mm. that really elevates this film above other action films in terms of that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and I agree that watching it back that I was less convinced by some of those scenes, but the 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 kind of the quality that was there still um, shone through. Um, and and again, there's a lot of for for again for a movie that a lot of people would write off. There's some real elements of quality in there. Um, I'm thinking of some of like the sound design. I know mm. that um, the music was done, or some of the music was done by Massive Attack. Um, but there's some bits. There's there's a moment when I think it might have been a moment where uh, they that the, uh, Bob Hoskins' character is shaking down some shady character. Um, I think it's a jeweler's, and um, and the guy sort of says to him, "So um, so if the collar doesn't come off, then you know we're going to be safe." And Bob Hoskins is like, yeah. And he's like, well, let's make sure the collar doesn't come off. And you know, you know where exactly it's going to yeah. go. Danny stood there, mute. He's not doing anything because the collar's still on. And then Bob Hoskins manages to get to him. And it's that point when he rips the collar off. And and the the sound and the and the um the sound and the actual visuals kind of disconnect. And you see Bob Hoskins just in slow motion, just snarling. And then in the background, you hear him say, "Get him." Yeah. And that, yeah, that is Love just it. like, that's and, excellent. And this is it. There are lots of those little touches that give the whole film those extra layers that you need in an action film. Mm. Um, because, you know, it's those types of things that make it much, much more interesting. Um, but actually, it brings me on to something very quickly. Do you remember, I want to see how your brain works. Do you remember the montage at the beginning, when they're basically showing the collar comes off, Danny goes in, they go to another mm. place, the collar comes off, Danny goes in. Do you recall actually seeing any fights in that montage? No, not in that montage. And again, there great music. Any. There's a, a great little sort of soundtrack going on in the background. All we, all we see is collar goes off and then we see basically a guy getting thrown through a plate glass window or something like that. Or he goes in through the front door, guy gets kicked out of the back door yeah it's um it's very clever you see i think this is where you and i are going to differ because when i was watching this this time around um i was like 
am, am I going to get to see anybody get beaten up? <laughs> and I've got it on here now. And it's, it's about two to two and a half minutes of literally music on in the background. They drive to a place, the collar comes off, nothing happens. They drive to another place, the collar comes off, nothing happens. It's building, like, it's building your anticipation, your desire for, you know, for when you do get the fight, you know. Which they do get at the jewellers. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it was just like yeah. two two minutes i mean do you really need to build my anticipation for two minutes i know two minutes doesn't sound like a long time all right i get it when you put two minutes up against other things it's not a long time but in in a movie it's quite a while to be sat there just watching a collar come off and then driving and the collar come off and then driving i I, uh, again i think um i think that's because you're watching it again with hindsight i think a a first-time viewer um probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't pick up on that that's what i'm gonna say that's yeah. fair that's completely fair yeah 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 um so bob hoskins character yes um i mean i i yeah um uh, uh i think he has sadly passed away um uh i'm pretty sure bob bob hoskins has passed away yes um, yes i remember yeah and it's been in some of my absolute favorite movies of of all time um so fantastic actor and again uh, same i guess with morgan freeman this is really something that you could think i wonder how these guys have ended up in this was this just for a paycheck i really feel like bob hoskins threw his all into this I oh he was, he was like acting his ass off oh he's so is sinister at the same time he's, he's funny but also kind of ridiculous and yeah i, I um the, the way that he kind of manipulates Danny, but then also sort of, you know, it's a, it's a real masterclass in kind of that, um, just how, it, how you can abuse someone and, um, and control them, which sounds like, okay, that's pretty dark, but I think it, it comes through in those moments when he sort of, you know, he gives him just a little bit of hope, a little bit of, you know, Oh yeah, I know. I knew your mother. I took you in. I cared for you. And it's like, we, well, you clearly don't because you, you know, you make him live in a cage and 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 kill people for a living, or yeah, well, treat, or, treat them yeah. exactly like an, an attack dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and but um, I I really enjoyed some of the um, some of the the moments in the movie where he does have this sort of his monologues, his when he's talking about his dreams and how you know and 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 it always it, it never means what he thinks it's going to mean um <laughs> uh, but he's, he sort of sees himself as a as a deep thinker um however one th- and again i'm going to ask you if you picked up something on this mm. um and it, i i picked up on this more watching it again recently um and then did a bit of research into it i don't know if you noticed that they a couple of times they mention in the movie that that they are in glasgow um and and you know that's something that's fairly prominent um however there are no scottish people there's not one scottish person in this movie no i didn't um, pick up on a single scottish accent here at yeah. all. and apparently the reason for this is originally that character was written for billy Colin- Connolly. no well <laughs> jet lee's character or bill bob no, Jet Li's character, yeah. No, Bob Hoskins' character. Um, oh, uh, yeah, the character of Bart. Yeah. Um, even so, that would have added one Scottish person yes, to the cast. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there was a bit of a strange decision there. I mean, they could have made it... There were a few... There's definitely a few Northern voices. They could have said it was, I don't know, Manchester or Leeds, and only local people would have known, gone, hang on a minute, there's no <laughs> Mancunians or whatever. Yeah, could have got no away Mancunians with there. But um, a strange decision, just maybe, I don't know, maybe they, they, it was, I think actually thinking about it, they might have filmed some of the scenes before um, they got, maybe uh, Bob Hoskins got involved or something like that. It's one of those things that, is it a big issue? Um, I noticed it this time and it did make me think, was that a little bit lazy or maybe it was budget, you know, they couldn't go back and make those changes. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, th- it's a very good point, actually. It probably was a budget issue. I mean, it didn't bother me at all because at the end of the day, the the fi- the film itself doesn't doesn't play differently depending on where it is. It could have been yeah. Glasgow, it could have been, been London, it could have been Manchester. It doesn't really matter. It's about the characters. Yeah. 
and the action. So I don't, yeah, I think you're right. It wouldn't have played differently regardless of where it was set. Um, and no, I didn't. It didn't bother me at all that I didn't hear a single uh, Glaswegian <laughs> accent. Um, so yeah, we have to ask a Glaswegian listener whether or yeah. not they are offended <laughs> by the yeah, or whether they even noticed that it was supposed to be yeah. Glasgow at all. I mean, it never it might not have. Might not have. There is there is something that I think plays differently today, and it's one of my biggest issues with this uh, film. And I couldn't put my finger on it until I was about halfway through. And it's it's a lot of the um, interactions between uh, Morgan Freeman and Jet Li, or obviously Danny and Sam, uh, and to an extent Danny and Victoria as well. I don't think that it was meant at the time. Because again, we're talking 15, 16 years ago. But what really kind of like doesn't stick well with me today is the whole, hey, look at this Chinese dude who A, is an expert martial artist, stereotype number one, and B, is a bit of a simpleton. Massive racist stereotype number two. The simple Chinaman who can do martial arts, it didn't affect me or i didn't even pick up on it 15 years ago when i first watched it but i think today with different eyes i was a little bit taken aback by that i was like could you really get away with that because even though it was completely unintentional and you can 100 percent explain why it is that in terms of emotional and intellectual um danny is underdeveloped it's because he's been treated like a dog his entire life i just felt that in in a modern age it really unfortunately plays those two massive stereotypes as in yeah. all asian people know martial arts and chinese people are simpletons in some way which is something that you'd have to go as far back as the 40s to kind of figure out where the hell that um stereotype came from even probably yeah. before I, I I would agree with you that um, it maybe doesn't play as that that kind of that whole kind of storyline doesn't play as well. Um, looking at it kind of with I don't know maybe without sounding pretentious maybe a kind of a more enlightened view that, that we would you know see things from now. Um, mm. And you know probably on a less important note, there are a couple of like bits of storyline or, or kind of like plot devices that again you just kind of have to brush over them because if you start thinking about the fact that they're somehow going to adopt this nice Chinese man um, and somehow be able to take him to America um, (laughs) yeah good point he probably doesn't even have a passport is he a is he a UK citizen is he a Chinese citizen if he is a Chinese citizen are they going to let him go to America that doesn't (laughs) sound like something that would just happen Um, those little things that are a little bit kind of fairy tale-esque um that like you say if you take it on face value no issues if you actually consider the connotations of some of these things it's like "Mm, a bit problematic yeah Uh, and i don't think a film like this is supposed to be overthought i just wanted to bring it to the forefront because it's something for me that didn't play well however i'm also a big believer in not trying to judge things made in the past especially when it comes to art and movies and music by a modern standard because you could go back and people do which really really irritates me people will go back to something that was made 10 15 20 years ago and then try and argue that it's no longer acceptable in a modern age i'm like of course yeah. it is. it's just a product of its prime it's just I, I that don't... today that didn't play so well for me yeah and i don't think there's any harm in in like pointing out like for oh, example, sure point it out all you like but don't yeah. bitch about it <laughs> but, but, yeah and, and you don't necessarily have to kind of i don't know try and retrofit so, for example, um, we switched on um, Aladdin, the the Disney uh, cartoon oh, on yeah. Disney Plus, and if if you watch it on Disney Plus now, it has a um, uh, a, a little uh, kind of not a warning but a statement at the start that says there are um, there are ethnic stereotypes in this film um, that um, aren't um, that were we don't consider to be. Uh, what's the word um, appropriate I suppose. Appro- appropriate um they weren't appropriate then um and we would like to <laughs> yeah. highlight that they're not appropriate now um, and i and i totally 100 yeah. get that when you are exposing your children to media mm. 
um because you know there's a reason that you have a pg and a 12 and a 15 and 18 certificate society understands that there are certain things that children shouldn't be exposed to and if they're going to take it at face value that that is how the world is it's like yeah "Mm, not really but when it comes to just outright i suppose this is a bigger topic but trying to censor history it's like just don't do it just accept that it's a product of its time and move on Mm. Yeah, and and I mean, the again, if you if you take this at face value, yes, Jet Li is an Asian actor, but also I think you know in terms of physicality and someone playing this role well, his you know him as a as a person, I think he fits it like really well, just yeah. because he's got this he's like this he's like this kind of compacted like ball of energy. Um, it wouldn't work with like I don't know the Rock or someone. <laughs> It has to, it has to be someone like that. that for me, this role is is for him, not because he's Asian, um, but because of just the what he brings to it in that sense. I agree. Um, and and again, maybe the storyline comes across as a bit some kind of schmaltzy or whatever. Um, uh, but I I still really liked this whole idea of him rediscovering who he is through music. And I know we talk a lot on this podcast about our different kind of um i don't know exposure interest in in music um i wouldn't say i'm kind of a particular classical you know i don't know much about classical music um but i think there's a piece of mozart that plays throughout that has a very um significant um part of the story that helps him unlock these memories of where he's truly come from who his family is um and there's a, a moment at the end of the film where it plays and I still, when I watch it now, I find that very moving, um, which I never thought I'd say about a movie like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I figured, and I thought watching it back that this it would be one of the parts of the film that would not sit well for me. But actually, it still did. And I thought that for me, that still rings, um, still just works really well, um, that element of the film. I absolutely agree. I think that there's so much in this in terms of storytelling that you wouldn't expect from a typical martial arts film. And I think that's because of the uh, the European influences, as you stated before, Sam, with regards to the director and the writer. Um, and we know that Luc Besson can do very good with action and actually working other themes and, and genres into his typical mm. action films. I mean, you look at Leon. Leon is uh, it's a hitman movie, but my Goodness, doesn't that hit hard when it comes to the um, mm. the emotional front? And yeah, this this I mean, isn't this isn't on a par with Leon, in my opinion, but it's uh, it's certainly above most action films. I think even I know he was he was a writer on this as opposed to director, but you can you can see his his kind of his uh, trademark on it. He you can see his fingerprints on it. I'm thinking of something like um, Fifth Element. Mm. Um, <laughs> what other director could have made? But apparently. There's the other a, a recent sci-fi that he did, is it Valerian, and uh, and I apparently that's not worth watching. I haven't seen it myself, but what that's what I've heard. So well, I um I think Valerian is actually available on streaming. Uh, if you want to go and check it out, my own personal opinion is that I really really liked it. I I liked it so much that I bought the physical media. I got it on DVD. Now doesn't necessarily mean that i would recommend it for parents on pictures podcast is it worth wasting your time we'll have to do a pod on valeria <laughs> yeah maybe i'll watch it some point. yeah exactly um but yeah you're right and the other one he did was i think he did lucy as well with uh, scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah yeah and i know that we've spoken to that before on this pod not good mm. not good no. first first maybe 15 to 20 minutes um, had some merit, yeah, and then it just descended into just psychobabble stupidity. Yeah. Was, and yeah. I and I like psychobabble on the pod. I'm the one who enjoys science fiction, and and it was no, I couldn't. I just no, <laughs> I yeah. couldn't handle it. Um, so there is something that I noticed this time around in terms of the viewing of Unleashed. How sketchy is the relationship um, of of Sam? I didn't notice this the first time around, but Victoria is explaining to Danny what's happened. So Victoria, played by Kerry Condon, is Morgan Freeman's stepdaughter. Okay, fair enough. So Victoria's mother, no, excuse me, Victoria's father dies. Victoria's mother remarries Morgan Freeman, who happened to be Victoria's father's friend 
and then the mother dies as well. <laughs> Dave, I, th- I think you're, I think you're, uh, you're finding, um, uh, finding a storyline that isn't there. No, I know, I know. Um, I just, I just because of the because of the really um, plaza, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, plaza way that it was, it was just described and explained in uh, in dialogue. This time around, it just sounded so dodgy. It's like, wow. Do you think? Do you think also it's a little bit kind of like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe again, maybe this is me reading too much into it, but maybe the audiences can't accept that here's a a black man with a white daughter. Back in two thousand and five, possibly. Yeah, we can't just make our own conclusions as to you know, you know that that's they're a family. Yeah, this um, is it. We have, it, we have it to have it spelled still, out, you know. Yeah, it felt like a piece of dialogue that was thrown in at the last minute because Morgan Freeman maybe wasn't the original choice for the part of Sam. I don't know, but that's what it felt like. It was just thrown in there in passing, um, and maybe that's why it stuck out like a sore thumb this time around. I was like, what, hold on, what? What did you make of um, then the Victoria's relationship with with Danny? Kind yeah, of her really. Yeah really strange okay so here was my issue with victoria so victoria is supposed to excuse me kerry condon at this point in time 2005 she's supposed to be playing an 18 year old now i know that hollywood in film and tv egregiously in tv um gets you know early 20s mid 20s actors to play teenagers they've been doing it for decades but i don't know why but it it was almost like a 50 year old man had written what they thought an 18 year old girl sounds like because at 18 you're not a girl you're a woman and then it actually came out like the dialogue that we would expect from a 12 year old girl being played by a 22-year-old woman. None of it was convincing, and I found it really not off-putting, but it took me out of the movie. I was like, there was something really bad, and I think it was the dialogue. I think it was the type of thing that I would expect a 12-year-old girl to be saying, um, and and it was just quite poor, I'm afraid. I didn't, I didn't buy it for a second. Yeah, I don't know if I had that strong a reaction, but yeah, I mean, I'm inclined to agree that you know it didn't didn't strike me as someone writing authentically from the perspective of of an 18 year old girl. That is a um, much better way of putting it. As a as a as a 35 you know 34 year old man making the judgment call on that, um, yeah, what have I got to say? But um, yeah, the, the only moment that I I think still um, does uh, maybe it's more Jet Li's performance in it, but the moment where she takes the um, where she takes the collar off. Mm. And sort of, and 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 again, maybe it's not her performance. Maybe it's not the writing. Maybe it's more the, again, everything else that's going on in that scene. But there, there was a real tension in that that you didn't know how what was going to happen. Had she got through to him, um, or was his old instincts going to come back? Um, but um, I would agree that yes, yeah, some of the um, some of the dialogue again, it played into that whole. Here's a simple little Chinaman, you know, like again, not saying that right in a racist way, but that's what it plays out as that. Yeah, that's the stereotype it plays. And us, us Westerners are going to teach him all about how to live and how to use a spoon and ice cream and all these things. So, yeah, a little bit, little bit kind of squirming, kind of like, yeah, just just a tad. Just a tad. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you. The scene where Victoria takes off the collar is incredibly powerful. Absolutely loved it. And I think a lot of that was down to the camera work as well as Jet Li's performance. I think Jet Li, mm. actually, I don't know if he's underrated. I know that he's known for his action, but I think personally he's a phenomenal actor. And you know, going back to what you said earlier, I think you're right. I don't think, unfortunately, that anybody else could have played this role. Somehow he is able to play the innocence that's required for this film whilst also having the physical ability to decimate anything that's in his way. I mean, those are two very big uh, oppositions that you have to play with inside one character. And I do think that he does it extremely well. 
Yeah. And the only yeah, reason yeah. I use the term, unfortunately, is because, as I said, 15 years later, some of it plays like a stereotype, not Jet Li's performance, just the way that his character is written. Yeah. No, I think you I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think what he does is really well, is really good. I think it's more kind of the writing around it and how some of the other characters maybe interact with him and how that plays out that is um, is is more problematic, um, but doesn't take away from from his performance. Absolutely. Um, now, the action itself, because obviously this is an action film. I've already said that the, the first fight for me, and we've spoken about it, is, is probably the best one. Um, but what did you make of the action overall? I mean, is this your kind of cup of tea? Is this the type of thing that you would enjoy watching? Especially when you put it up against, for instance, John Wick. Um, like, how does it compare to modern action? Um, it's very different, isn't it? You, you can really see how how those kind of movies have changed and not changed in a way um i think a lot of movies try to come across as you know as realistic as possible some of them i feel like again you'll be able to point out to me especially when it comes to martial arts the the films for me that feel like that they set out to get it right and do get it right are the things like um maybe like the born films I feel like when I'm watching the the fights in those movies that I'm genuinely watching, you know, this is what, you know, two skilled, you know, people who are skilled at self-defense and, and martial arts, this is how they would, you know, face off against each other. Um, and, and it's, and it's not to say that um, I, I think the challenge for me and maybe some of these action scenes, like I said before, is it tries to sort of play both sides. It tries to play the, you know, realistic brawl, street fight. You know, you've got you know, tw- you know, got twenty guys on on one guy, but he manages to you know to beat them all up. You know, um, and um, and but then they also have the we're going to have this stylized um, uh, battle royale with these crazy weapons, and and again also with these people that have come dressed in it's like could you come to the fight club and could you wear something (laughs) with leather and straps on it um like yep i've got just the thing it's actually it's in the wash i'll have to wear my pink outfit no it has to be black (laughs) has to be black yeah some of those sections where they're like oh we've got billy bob blades up there who's going to jump in and fight now um yeah that um that watching it back this time that's the thing that kind of just didn't sit right with me which i think what when i watched it 15 years ago i probably was more like this is so cool wow (laughs) i think it was almost like it it i probably came out of there thinking man i wish i could have written that and i'm gonna write i'm gonna write something with a with a and in fact in fact i did for my dissertation i wrote a screenplay and in that screenplay there was a fight club wow with with a fight get this even with a fight with um uh, barbed wire around the edge of the ring um, <laughs> all the stereotypes so I, I i did i did watch this movie and then basically tried to recreate some of the cheesiest elements of it nice which I probably thought were really cool the, so that's the closest what, that's what, yeah oh sorry because the closest i've ever gotten to writing anything was i um i was helping a student they they wanted to write a uh, an action sequence um, for their dissertation because they were studying film and media, and part of what they had to do was write an action sequence. And so I went in to the school, um, and we crafted this action sequence, and I acted it out as we wrote it down to see if it would work, and um, I had obviously a lot of input on the the script and and how things would actually go in the fight. And apparently the result was that the teacher turned around after they had assessed it and said that it was one of the best written action sequences that had ever been on his desk. And I was like, thank you very much. If only I was still in school and I could get those credits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, you're right. It's something that I too would have looked at this back in 2005. And I, and I remember I, I loved this film. I think I watched it six or seven times before I finally, finally gave the DVD back. Uh, and a lot of that was because of the action uh, back in 2000. Well, I suppose it was six by the time I saw it. Um, and yeah, but this time around, I was actually incredibly surprised by how little action 
there was. Mm. So there's yeah. a fight sequence at the beginning. There's a little one in the jewelry shop. There's a couple of other little spats. And then there's the um, the arena, uh, you know, with the the leather clad uh, goth people, whatever the hell they are. And then there's the one at the end. And I know that that sounds like a lot, but when that is spread out over, uh, there's, there's my uh, there's my accent coming through. When that's an hour, out, hour and forty five hour and, hour and minutes. When that's spread out over an hour and forty five minutes, you got to bear in mind that a lot of these action sequences are over pretty quickly. That is mm. not a lot of action for an action no. film. And I think, yeah, you could certainly see if you were looking for a typical Jet Li movie, you'd probably feel quite missold because you got you come out of it thinking, oh, I've got this fruity story about a guy rediscovering his past and monologues from Bob Hoskins. Um, for me, I think it doesn't do it a disservice. Um, I, I I think it's all those other elements that kind of are quite in well the, the the parts that play well are kind of fairly effort, effortlessly done um but you are right it that when you actually think about it um the there are there are there are only a few action set pieces um not many as we've already said uh, as we've already said some really good ones oh yes yeah. i mean yeah this is it i think that part of the reason that this elevates above most of the other stuff that's out there even today is because it does focus on character development albeit not great for 2021 it was still really good for 2005 and back to your point that you're making i apologize before i before i bumped in um I think that again back in 2005 2006 the choreographed martial arts because it's very very clearly done in that style like there's mm. there's moves and stuff in here you would never do in a street brawl or mma even um because it just a it wouldn't work it's too fanciful yeah. there would be no impact but it looks amazing plenty of that in there but also there's loads of smashing of knees and driving heads and faces repeatedly into concrete floors and all of the harder hitting stuff as well so i mm. think that they had managed to blend the two together quite nicely i don't think it works quite so well today but what you've got to bear in mind is that we've got 15 years of more martial arts stuff to compare it to and so you've got yeah. things like john wick uh, which again is a really nice blend of realistic and your more choreographed stuff. Um, it's you know, and if you think about like if you think about big blockbuster action, oh yeah, you've got you've got some of like the Christopher Nolan movies that kind of have like the Batman movies, Inception, and things like that that have kind of these um, uh, martial art fist fight sections in them. Um, well, Batman Begins. Yeah. I remember that they took on board. Um, uh, Husto, who was the head, I think he still is actually, of something called KZ Fighting Method, which is something that I have studied a little of. And um, that is some hard-hitting stuff. And this is it. You you had uh, Tom Cruise, who was training KFM for, he started his training around about Mission Impossible 3, and you can see bits of it coming in, not good bits either. Um, and then you can see it in Jack Reacher. Again, it's more realistic, more gritty stuff. And I think KFM gets... A little criticism, especially if you go on to, again, Defense Lab, which is something that was born from KFM. Um, and, you know, but this is it. Martial artists like to pick on martial arts, but a lot of it is bone breaking, crunching stuff. And we've got 15 years of all of that kind of thing to compare this to. Mm. And I still think it holds up. And I think it's easy to overlook the fact that this is an 18-rated movie. Um, no. Yeah. Hey. I, I, I will double-check that. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Um, obviously, 18-rated for the UK. That'll be, yeah, 18-rated. Wow, I didn't um, pay attention to that. Yeah, you're right. On IMDb, yeah. it's rated R. Jeez. And actually, and I know that's for some of the content because there's definitely some uh, uh, some some content in there um and and the language um but you're right when you actually th i think that is one of those things it's not just the i've seen people criticize like the marvel movies for like actually if captain america punched someone like the way he did that would basically liquefy their organs oh yeah um you know and whereas in this it is literally like like you said 
there's there there are, are sequences where people are literally brutalized um and they are not getting back up no. um uh, yeah or, or certainly not yeah um and 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 that does come across and it, it gives it that little that kind of that edge um uh to it um so yeah martial arts definitely you, like you say you, you've got more of an understanding than i have but definitely even if you even if you look at cinema and 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 kind of fairly mainstream cinema um uh, martial arts has has moved moved on and changed and there are things that maybe are more prevalent things that maybe this movie not that they, not that it would have been a precursor or you could say oh it all came <laughs> from this but they were probably doing some things that are now maybe more accepted um uh and and more kind of um mainstream now given that it's yeah i, I agree and and get, i'm just thinking given that it's r i actually think this film is incredibly uh restrained like it doesn't show unnecessary gore i mean it shows violence and it does show blood and it shows the breaking of bones and all sorts of wonderful things that you come to expect from these films but it's not unnecessary with what it shows like you'll get some films that just go out of their way to be gory and grotesque and given that this is rated r it it doesn't do any of that and i kind of appreciate that now thinking back that it's an r film or rated 18 mm, in the uk i think there's that there's that one there's the one of the sequences where um sort of danny's given a trial at the fight club and um and and bob hoskins character tells him to, to kill the guy and and it is it's a good it's a sort of um what's that word kind of like it plays on your expectations because he just walks in and just like just literally three punches and the guy's down um, yeah. and again that's quite that's quite brutal um probably not you know it's not like super gory but it's that definitely i can imagine would push you up to a 15 rated or whatever straight yeah. away um so it um but at the same time yeah it, it doesn't it's not um uh, exploitative in the way that it uses uh the, the the more kind of obviously um adult elements of or sort of uh, you know elements for an older audience certainly i like it yeah yeah there's one there's one so i'm thing. really i'm really oh, so i was gonna say i think we've got a little latency now there's one final thing i wanted to say before we wrapped up and that is mm -hmm. as soon as you hit the credits what i really appreciate it, and i've got it up right now is the first credit at the end of the film, martial arts choreographer, Yuan Woping. I'm like, never seen that before. It's usually a director or an actor or an executive producer or someone. But this film, no, 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 no. We know that you're here for Jet Li. We know that you're here for the action. You'll be surprised by the amount of storytelling and character development that there is. And so they put their martial arts choreographer forefront, right up front of the credits. And I was like, you know what? massive hats off to you i don't think that happens enough mm. yeah i think you're right it's especially in films like this, the this film lives and dies on whether you've got someone that can choreograph those fight scenes and and make them um you know uh, i was going to say believable to a certain extent but exciting and interesting and um uh and and that flow uh, and that you know tell a story without being too pretentious <laughs> um but um yeah, without having you know, and 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 again, there are there are scenes which involve multiple like crowds of people, um, and I guess yeah, to be able to choreograph, I'm assuming they're not all going to have training, um, but them all to you know, maybe it's a lot of stunt guides, I don't know, um, but yeah, I think I I didn't notice that, but I think it's well deserved, definitely, and should be done more often. Absolutely, um, so. Sam, uh, I, I'm the, I'm the can I just fan. say, David, ooh, ooh, well, ooh. I, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I'm really interested. I, we, I can't remember what film it was that we did, and I don't think you were on the review, but we recently said that you've got a habit, demo of being like, I love this, I love this thing, I love this thing, this is great, this is great, this is great. I'm not going to recommend it. Um, <laughs> or vice versa. This film is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. This just is terrible. because I, I did, have, just because I, I did absolutely that, absolutely loved it. And I'm going to recommend it. Just because so I did I that know. with Guns of Kingdom, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know which way you're going to go on this. And I'm I like really to, interested. I like I'm to really keep the interested. audience guessing, man. I mean, I can be yeah. objective. I can know when a film is good and when a film is bad. And I, you know, it doesn't bother me whether the film is good or bad. At the end of the day, it's did I have a good, did I have a good time? And am I going to recommend other people have a good time with it?
it because let's face it if we were a typical podcast it'd be i don't know marks out of five yeah go watch it because it's a five out of five masterpiece i'm like but sometimes I've been bored to tears with five out of five masterpieces. And I would not want you to waste your time watching that and being bored along with me. So well, sometimes we love it. Sometimes we love it. And we don't. And it's a one it. star. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is it. So, so. All right. I'll go first. I'll go first. OK, so uh, let's cut to the quick, shall we? I really enjoyed it back in 2006. Whilst my opinion of the film has massively changed. Um I now like it for different reasons. And so I would still recommend this film. It's not so long that you're going to be up late at night and, you know, have to get through all the character development, which is just as well because you don't want the character development to feel so long that you get a little bit bored. It's important. It needs it absolutely. Um, but it's not the be all and end all. And I think that the action sequences albeit not as many as I remember back in 2006, um, are still really well done. And I love the fact that they still hold up today. I think that the blend of martial arts choreography and a little bit more kind of like gritty real world stuff thrown in there as well worked really, really well. So I think if you're going to be watching this for the first time, you're going to love the martial arts because you don't know what's coming. I think if you're going back and revisiting it, you're not going to be disappointed. And like me, you may well have a completely different reaction to this film because it has been 15 years. Um, so even though I do have some gripes with it, that's more about the age of the film and how, you know, some of the themes don't age very well. Overall, I still love this film. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to go recommend it. 100%. Go watch it on Amazon Prime. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I'm coming in the same as you. Definitely rewatching this. Um, there were things that I found uh, maybe slightly problematic, maybe a little bit kind of shonky and just didn't quite play out well that I that maybe had overlooked. And maybe that's just watching it from, you know, maturing a little bit. I don't know, maybe getting more boring. Maybe that's what it is. But wh whatever, that aside, um, Jet Li's performance in this is fantastic. Um, I, I, his his physicality when it comes to the the, the character and the martial arts um, is spot on. Couldn't see anyone else playing this character. It feels like you know it was, it feels like it was written for him. I don't know if it was, but yeah. Um, and I I still really got on board on board with the 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 arc of his of his character and um, and him learning where he come where he he's gone to and where he's come from and the decisions he's making. Um, there, there are just elements of this that are effort, effortlessly stylish and cool. Um, there are parts of it that maybe aren't as cool as I thought they were. Um, but that said, um, I'm going to recommend it. I don't think it's worth passing. You don't pass it by um, uh, whilst it's on streaming. Definitely one to, to check out. Um, and if it's not, when you listen to this, go and find somewhere where you can rent it for you know a couple of quid. It's worth a watch. Awesome. That's two recommends. Uh, obviously, the other two gents didn't know that they were not going to be here. Um, so this was a bit of a short notice one. So we don't know what they think of it. Uh, however, we are planning to do what next episode? We are we, a parasite, isn't it, Sam? Uh, yeah, we've got parasite on the um, on on the schedule. Um, uh, that's definitely. I, I I need to watch it. It's, it's it's been on my viewing list for a while, and I keep on. Most of my viewing at the moment it happens at the middle of the night during um, <laughs> during the, um, the 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 night feeds. And then my wife's like, "Why aren't you asleep?" And I'm like, "I've started watching something now." Yeah, and she's like, "You'll be tired." I'm like, I've okay. I've been there, and ha as too have most of the audience, I would imagine. <laughs> whereas <laughs> whereas most of my viewing is during the day when I'm doing paperwork at home from my home office, and I don't like paperwork, so I will put a film on to watch. And I've gotten through lots of stuff. So, Sam, where can people find us via social medias, dude? What you need to do is you need to put in that Parents on Pictures podcast in your favorite social media apps search function and we will appear. Um, most of most of the conversations go on on um, on Facebook, but we'd love to have some more Twitter followers. Um, and uh, so, yeah, look us up. 
and um, and have a chat with us. Let you know. Let us know what you think of the reviews. Um, let us know if there's a movie that you'd like us to cover. Um, we'd be uh, definitely happy to get some more suggestions. Absolutely. And you can also find all of the episode at parentsonpicturespodcast.com for that is the website and all of our episodes go up there. Um, other than that, I believe that we are done for this evening. Unless there's anything that you would like to add, my dear friend. Nope, all good. Fantastic. Whiskey case, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I have been Damien. And I've been Sam. And we'll catch you later. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.